2: This is the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin.
1: Hi, everybody. It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 14th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Sponsored by FanDuel. Ten weeks of the NFL and fantasy seasons are in the books, um, but you're still fighting for your playoff spot. You got three or four more regular season games. Jake Latarski and I are going to help you with free agent suggestions today. Um, Jake, what'd you what'd you like about Dolphins Panthers?
2: Well, I like um Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And I, and I really think that that's going to be good the rest of the season. However, Jonathan Stewart had had just an amazing game, too, uh, that, I, that I didn't see coming out of nowhere. The way he'd been running lately, averaging six and a half per carry. Um, I like that. Didn't like going against Devin Funches, who I thought, OK, well, he's their best receiver. So they're going to double cover him like crazy didn't stop him from catching five for 92 and two scores. So there was a, it was a big day with a lot of fantasy implications here. Um, always like Jay Cutler garbage time. If you're ever streaming him, that's where most of his value lies. And I also like the fact that I think we were, I think we were right. I don't know if the books all completely yet, but on saying Kenyon Drake over Damian Williams. Now he was helped by that huge 66 yard run towards the end when the game was starting to get out of reach. But I still like, Kenyon Drake is the more explosive big play runner, though Damian Williams did get nine carries to his seven. So, an interesting fold there.
1: Yeah. Uh, un- uh, the thing is, Williams outsnapped Drake, oddly. Mm-hmm. Williams 31, Drake 25. So, yeah, I like Drake better too. But he, unfortunately, I don't think either one of them is going to reach out and take the job. I think it's going to be a timeshare. And, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, I agree. Jonathan Stewart, that's a nice night. Uh, Curtis Samuel, that's a killer. Um, If you missed it, uh, Curtis Samuel caught five for 45. He actually dropped one that uh, I think could have been a touchdown. And uh, unfortunately, on the play, he got his ankle rolled over and reports out of uh, here in Charlotte this morning suggest he might be done for the season. Last night, they were talking high ankle sprain. Now it apparently might be worse. I don't have any confirmation. I'm just reading uh, local reports, but it doesn't sound good for Curtis Samuel. And and, and Jake, to to one thing you said a minute ago, I think what happened is the theory behind them trading Kelvin Benjamin was to get more speed on the field because you had Funchess and Benjamin and you had two big receivers who were not so fast and couldn't stretch the defense well the idea was to get a guy like Samuel on the field stretch it a little more maybe open up more running lanes and and last night that seemed to be you kind of looking at it going mm-hmm. oh I think I get it now
2: yeah Cam Newton looked at both Curtis Samuel and Russell, Russell Shepard seven times a piece but Russell Shepard was just played by drops I don't Cam must have been frustrated with that Cam had a 254 yard four touchdown a game in spite in spite of Russell Shepard dropping passes and and potentially damaging drives. So now he's their number two. I don't know how I feel about that. Fortunately for Panthers fans, it, they have a buy in this next week. I think Greg Olson will be coming back week 12. Every indication I've seen says that he has a very good chance of being back. And, and, and even if not, I think, I mean, Christian McCaffrey will essentially become their number two wide receiver. I think we might see more. Right. Is, is it realistic to expect snaps where both he and Stewart are on the field?
1: Uh, I think it is. I think him in the slot is definitely realistic. I also think after that, buy, like you said, you're going to see Olson. Um, and if the Samuel news is, turns out to be correct, um you're going to see demir bird um third year guy's been on the practice squad a lot this year they they kept him he's a very fast guy um but Mm -hmm. hasn't done anything and uh basically they drafted samuel to fill that same role and now without samuel they're going to have to get bird on the field he's due off injured reserve um for week 12 same time as olsen so that's your news from the panthers um everybody check us out on twitter jake is at jakeski 52 i'm at Jay Halpin 37. Uh, you can also tweet us at Rotoir. Um The player updates come uh, the, the news feed at RotoWire NFL. And you can always find us on Facebook where Jake's going to have his usual uh,
2: free agent Q&A this evening, 530 Eastern. Right, Jake? Yes, that is correct. Helping you guys out uh, as best as I can as uh, playoffs come right around the corner. Excellent.
1: All right. Let's get to it for week 11 uh, Bye week Panthers, Colts, Jets, Niners. Not a lot of big players. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not a whole
2: lot on some of those teams, except for those Panthers, for, for the, the Newton owners and the Funtress owners that are riding high after this week. I believe week 12 was or, or week 11 was supposed to be Miami and Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, but of course, they had that week one. So now both of those teams are going to be playing. So, uh, you know, all your Mike Evans shares are going to be fine. He'll be back. Uh, if you, the Miami backs, Devonte Parker, Jarvis Landry, streaming Jay Cutler, even we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, yeah, only four buys and then we're done. And then it feels good to be in the clear. Hallelujah.
1: Um, all right, quarterbacks, um, the drops, I don't know. Fitz is going to play again this week, and he's going to play against the Dolphins, as you said. They're going to make up that week one game. Um, mm-hmm. That game is in Miami. Um, the Dolphins got carved up last night. Do you have, with Evans coming back, do you have any interest in Fitz in it? Let's say a two-quarterback league. I mean, again, two-quarterback yeah. league. We're going 28. We're going 24 deep this week. There are 28 quarterbacks starting. Is Fitz inside your top 24 basically is the threshold.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the answer to that's going to be yes, because, you know, you got the Browns quarterbacks in there and there's a little bit of uncertainty in Buffalo. And, you know, we, we got there's all these sorts of uh, injury situations. Even if you look to Arizona, Drew Stanton sprained his knee. Who knows about that situation? That could mean Blaine Gabbert. Of course, Fitz would go above that. Um, but more likely, I might. The, the leagues that I stream Fitz in and was incredibly disappointed with, i looking to probably cut him for one of our streaming options. You've got a couple at the bottom here as well.
1: Yep. Um, Yeah, I think that your candidates here, like you said, Blaine Gabbert would be a candidate to be below Fitz. Whoever starts for the Broncos, which we assume is Brock Osweiler again. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know Philip Rivers' status. He was in the concussion protocol, Mm -hmm. as we heard. I don't know
2: how severe it is. See, back to Osweiler, though, to me, he didn't seem like he played that terribly he just couldn't keep up they were able to move the ball somewhat consistently maybe maybe had a little bit of trouble finishing some drives but he and and of course the new england defense had their troubles early in the season and really tightened things up late i don't you know brock osweiler you know might even have a case for being in that top 24 for the two quarterback league because it wasn't horrible and we're going to go through some horrible names here
1: yeah (laughs) i guess the other one it's a kaiser or whoever starts for the browns you mentioned
2: Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one here. I mean, Tyrod uh, Taylor oh, wasn't for Nate. Oh yeah. Tom Savage. Yeah. I guess he would go below that. Um, you know, and as I was saying there, Tyrod Taylor was lifted for Nate Peterman, but it looks like Sean McDermott's going to stick by Tyrod Taylor as they should, you know, they did have one bad game. It's been mostly good things for, for Tyrod Taylor this year. Um, and then of course, you know, there's injuries in, in green Bay Hundley had looked pretty decent against the bears, but he came out with a hamstring injury. Uh, who knows about Joe Callahan? And, uh, yeah, and then you mentioned those Browns guys. Phillip Rivers in concussion protocol. Kellen Clemens would be up next. So there's a lot of moving parts, which is going to make it really important to stay tuned to Rotowire.com this week. You know, they follow Rotowire NFL on Twitter, like you mentioned at the beginning. Get all our headlines straight to your Twitter feed, which is helpful. And, of course, just watching how these guys are practicing. I would I would guess most of these starters are going to play clear protocol after a full week, that type of thing. But uh, there there will be some moving parts throughout the rest of the week.
1: All right. So in Minnesota, did I see it right on Monday? So Bridgewater is active. Yes. He was active last week, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting all emotional on the sidelines because he never thought he thought maybe he wasn't going to play again. That was like the big storyline this week.
1: So so did Zimmer say Monday, I know who's starting, but I'm not telling anybody.
2: Is that what I saw? I don't know. I don't know exactly what he said, but I'm pretty sure the whole non-committal attitude was uh, was where things are going. I find it really tough to bench a guy like Case Keenum after you scored 38 points against Washington. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, e- even recently, as, as yesterday, Jason Lock and four of CBS Sports reported the Vikings are expected to stick with Keenum as their week 11 starter against the Rams. So I would say it's Keenum. But if he doesn't play well against a really excellent defense that would give the organization an out to go back to Bridgewater.
1: Right. And it sounds like Zimmer's going to announce on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll know that. I mean, obviously cause you're going to take first team snaps and all that stuff. Um, all right. So you mentioned, I mean, we talked about, we have a list here. We talked about a lot of these guys already. Uh, Brett Hundley, the hamstring. Do we, we don't know much about that yet.
2: We don't know enough about that yet. We'll see what happens when they practice today and how involved he is.
1: Okay. And uh that game the the Packers are home for the Ravens.
2: Yeah, which is a pretty decent secondary. If you're in the streaming world, I, I don't know if Hundley necessarily ranks highly on that.
1: Okay. And um the Kaiser or Cody Kessler or whatever against the the Jags at home. Oh my gosh. No thank you. Yeah. You it,
2: can root them out.
1: So if you had let let's say basically your candidate here is Cam Newton. Your 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 replacement candidate this week, unless you were, you know, streaming Josh McCown, sometimes you're looking at the bye weeks and saying, all right, Cam Newton's the guy I might need to replace.
2: Who's your first two to replace him with? Who's your first two? Well, I like I like some of the guys that uh, that you mentioned at the bottom here, two uh, quarterbacks that have pretty strong matchups. One of them is Jay Cutler against Tampa Bay. And Jay Cutler early in the game he ne- never looks great, but when his team gets, you know, behind by 25 points or more, then they can all of a sudden move the ball a little bit. Right. Usually get a couple of touchdowns out of that. And I don't know, it might be a closer game if he's going head to head with Fitzpatrick, which, uh, you know, there's less of a chance of garbage time. But, uh, I mean, this Tampa Bay defense here is. Uh, you know, they're right. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, right, right outside the top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So they're a pretty decent matchup. And, and then the Browns are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventh uh, most fantasy points allowed to two opposing quarterbacks. So I guess there might be a little Blake Bortles love if you're in a desperate situation, because the Browns defense is actually their run defense is deceptively good. They uh, have given opposing running backs a tough time. I'm not sure we'll be able to see Fournette carry the ball 40 times. And then there was that whole question about why didn't Fournette play in the fourth quarter and then came back into overtime? Ugh. Was was there some other disciplinary thing going on, uncertainty? So um, Bortles, I think, would be an OK option, even in Cleveland, as long as the weather holds up.
1: All right. So Bortles, Cutler, who's first?
2: I would say Cutler. OK,
1: um, I think I'm with you on that. I, I'm never I mean, Bortles. Yeah, I, that, There had to be some weird reason they just started throwing yeah.
2: all the time in the fourth quarter. right? Exactly. And to give you some context, like I picked up Fitzpatrick to stream him in the league. I lost to Sean Watson. My first waiver claim, although I'm out of fab dollars because of uh, some other decisions earlier in the year. But my first waiver claim is probably going to be uh, drop Fitzpatrick, add Cutler, zero dollars and, and hope he comes through. All right.
1: Um, running backs are um, drop candidates. Uh, boy, James White. That's just that's just not going anywhere. Rex Burkhead is killing James White right now,
2: killing him. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really tough one because he's I mean, James White did get the touchdown in that game, so there's a little bit of fantasy redemption at the end. but, uh uh, you know, my leagues where I, or I only have them in one league and it's a 16 teamer, So I don't know if I'm going to drop them because it's 16 teams, but I'm going to look to, I, I picked up Dion Lewis a few weeks ago, just in case to have an insurance plan. And in a PPR league, Dion Lewis got 17 and a half points this week. He had a pretty decent day. Uh, but the concerning part about white is he only played 11 of 70 snaps. And of course, Mike Gillisley a healthy scratch. He's right at the top of probably the cut list at this point, if you haven't already. And, and then this new England backfield is going to be fluid week to week. I would Be willing to bet a whole lot that White plays more than 11 snaps in the upcoming week. But Deion Lewis is playing well, as is Rex Burkhead. So it's going to be some sort of trio there, uh, you know, assuming Gilleslie stays on the healthy and active list.
1: Yeah, I mean, Burkhead, you know, 10 carries for 36, uh, three catches for 27 with a touchdown. He run that out of the slot. Was the touchdown out of the slot? I think it was.
2: Yeah, he was running. I mean – the whole Patriots game plan, Belichick doing his genius thing again, where, all right, Denver's got some of the best cover corners in the league into leave and Roby. Uh, we're not really going to go after them at all. I mean, Cook started to get more involved towards the end when the lead was more comfortable and they opened things up. But their focus early on in the game was to pass when they were throwing the ball to throw to the running backs, throw to the tight ends. So Gronk had his share of catches. Dwayne Allen had a touchdown. Uh, even Martellus Bennett. Um, his shoulder injury magically disappeared. He's fine to play now, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with the green Bay medical staff or whatever. Um, he somehow got three catches in his seven snaps. So their game plan was clearly to go to the tight ends and the running backs. And, uh, and that's part of the reason I think that Burkhead had had such a good week. I might temper expectations on him a little bit moving forward, but he's shown that he can do the James white role just as well, if not better than James white. Yeah. I, we're going to get to back to Martellus Bennett in a few minutes, but yeah, we we have to have a little chat about him. Um,
1: -hmm. All right, Rob Kelly, going to miss some time.
2: Darren McFadden, Rob Kelly, done. We're we're done with Rob Kelly. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he was always ownable while he was starting because he, he, the Redskins, like, inexplicably wanted him to be their starting back no matter what, and that was going to be the case. Um, but now that he's going to miss multiple games and is an IR candidate, you're not going to start him over the next couple weeks, and if you don't keep winning, uh, it's not going to matter. Right. So oh, well, you can go ahead and cut him.
1: All right, and uh, the Darren McFadden thing uh, for the for the people who thought, hey, maybe they've been keeping Darren McFadden inactive in case of Ezekiel Elliott suspension, not so much.
2: It looks. Yeah, like. hope hopefully you listen to us because I think we were I, I think we were pretty close. I mean, I was on the Alfred Morris train. Unfortunately, I started him in two leagues this week. It didn't work out, but. It was a weird game flow where the Cowboys abandoned the run and Alfred Morris, you know, had the best yards per carry mark and had some success on the ground. So I think they will try to continue to, of course, they got to figure out how to get the left tackle help in the passing game. But for fantasy, uh, I think they need to give Morris a few more carries. All
1: right. Um, All right. Let's go to the running backs to pick up here. So the Packers situation, I mean, they're playing the Ravens, number one. Aaron Jones out three to six weeks with an MCL sprain. Ty Montgomery, rib injury again. We don't know about his uh, mm-hmm. case for Sunday. Even if Montgomery's out, I was talking to Derek on Monday and I asked him about Jamal Williams, and he used the word desperation. If you were going to grab him, that's what you'd be in. He kind of went, you know, even if he's the guy, I mean, he, you're picking yeah. him up because of volume, but you don't expect a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's someone that you know. That's if you've got you know McCaffrey and or relying on Frank Gore or Carlos Hyde or something like that, and never really bothered to bolster your bench and get a backup, then maybe you go for it, but there's not a whole lot in terms of running backs this week. So I think he'll end up in my top three when it's all said and done because of volume, because Ty Montgomery for the Packers, the latest out of the Milwaukee journal Sentinel says that he has a shot to play. And, you know, with those whole rib injuries thing, even if he plays, they're not going to go out there and, and throw him out there for 30 snaps. So Williams will get that because of volume and Baltimore, you know, always, The the impression that people have in their head when they think of Baltimore is that they're, you know, a a really strong defense overall. But in terms of run defense, they're they're right in the middle of the pack. They've given up uh, in nine games. They've given up 984 yards, so over 100 yards a game and uh, six touchdowns on the ground this year. So there's a reasonable chance, given that Hundley's healthy and the Packers can move the ball a little bit uh, that Jamal Williams will be able to maybe get a score. And I would guess that he's going to be on the field for the greatest amount of snaps.
1: Yep. Uh, I think you're probably right. Okay, we talked about the Patriots. Burkhead is 11 percent owned. So if you want to go down that road, he's very much available. Uh, Yeah,
2: I would say it's risky and and it's PPR only at this point. I don't think he can produce enough to sustain uh, value in standard formats.
1: All right. Um, Cowboys, we talked about Rod Smith is 27 percent. If you want to try
2: him, I don't think I would be. Mm-hmm. doing that. In the leagues, I streamed Alfred Morris. I'm not rushing to drop him for Rod Smith. Now, Rod Smith played 38 snaps to Morris' 22, but I'm going to write that off as a game flow in which the Cowboys were considerably behind and they needed a back, you know, a, like a quicker cut type of back that, you know, can make a difference in the passing game. Um, if, there's a, if it's a close game or a game where the Cowboys have the lead, I can see Morris getting 20 carries, and that's snap count distribution being flipped.
1: Okay. Um... Let's go to Washington. So Kelly's out. We talked about um, Samaje Pirine, 7% ownership. In the two full games that Kelly was out, in, in week three, Pirine, 30 snaps, 19 carries, 49 yards. In week six, the stats say 25 snaps with nine rushes for 23 and three catches for 24. Did he get hurt in that game, though? I'm I, I, yeah, I, sorry I didn't research this before. But. Yeah,
2: no, yeah, I, I don't No, I don't remember exactly. Uh, you know, I can look all the way back, but uh, I, San Francisco, I think that might've been a big Chris Thompson game where they were ahead and they just rolled the hot hand. All right. Um, right. Let's see. So, so P Ryan, I mean,
1: he's going to get the work. And Gruden said some things on Monday. I mean, talking about, all right, Kelly's done. And, you know, P Ryan's going to play. And he said, yeah, he said, you know, we, we like him. And we think he's one of those guys who's going to get stronger As the season progresses, you know, he's a, he's sort Mm -hmm. of a, he's a powerful runner. Yes. And and Gruden seemed, mm -hmm. it it sounds like, you know, Gruden always talks about when he talks about his backs, he talks about the hot hand and all that stuff. Um, And he likes, certainly they like Thompson and Thompson brings a lot to the table. But P Ryan sounds like one of those guys where, now I don't know if, if there's enough to this. So, so a lot of backs talk about how they like to get in a rhythm. You know, mm-hmm. I need I need more work so I can get in the rhythm. Okay. And some coaches believe that. I don't know, I don't know that I believe it, but I, I have this feeling that Gruden thinks it about P Run.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's someone that they definitely want to get more involved in for fantasy purposes. The upcoming schedule is not too bad. They go to New Orleans this week who shut down LaShawn McCoy. Pretty well in a game that was, you know, it was just a blowout. It's tough to really take too many, uh, you know, you know, hard fantasy knowledge from that. But they go to New Orleans, then they host the Giants, who have given up on the season and aren't going to fire their coach. And then at Dallas, and the big question mark at Dallas is always the presence of Sean Lee, because Dallas cannot stop the run at all without him. So three decent matchups ahead for P. Ryan. Um I think in leagues where I have Fab left, he's going to be one of my top options this week. Cause I'm still unsure about Morris as a high scoring replacement for Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm always in the market for running backs. And, uh, and I think he might be someone that could get enough volume, uh, to have it, to be a good bet for a 10 point week. I mean, in, in that type of league, just for, for context, you know, I'm looking at someone like, you know, maybe Andre Ellington or, or someone like that if I'm not going to use Alfred Morris. So Piran's got a spot back on my roster. It'll be probably the third time I've dropped him and picked him up this year, but, but, but he'll be back. All right. Um, Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. know. This is so gross. Uh, I started Thomas Rawls thinking, okay, this is going to work out. He's going to get all the volume. Um, but then, you know, they didn't lead like I expected them to as handily. Proceus is involved with 13 snaps. McKissick had 20 snaps. Yeah. Um, Man, this is this is probably a backfield that I I would guess that Thomas Rawls is the top option. That doesn't mean good fantasy production at all by any means. So that's probably a backfield to stay away from.
1: Um, yeah. Although I my I have to stick with my pro size plan. It's it's only, it's week eleven, but there's still time, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's still time. I mean, it was it was last year towards the end that he had that one big game and came on before he got hurt again. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe this is all in Pete Carroll's evil plan to uh, deploy him at the end of the year and make him in the future back. Yeah. Something like that. Evil plan. Um,
1: the Seattle. Back, is it, so Eddie Lacey, what's the latest? He didn't play last week. Do we know if he's back?
2: I, I mean, they haven't practiced yet today, so it is it, it's a little early to tell at okay. record time right now. Um, you know, our last note on him just says that he's that he's been ruled out, so he'll, he'll he the Seahawks will be back on the practice field today, and uh, you know they host Atlanta this week. Uh, the defense has been, you know, as as we saw against Dallas, has has been performing pretty well. Um, we'll learn more this afternoon, so another thing to stay tuned to RotoWire for.
1: All right, um, looking ahead, David Johnson, remember him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's 61 percent ownership on Yahoo, which means not widely available, but mm-hmm. w- available enough that you should be checking your yeah. waiver wire
2: for him. It's a, He's available enough for me to put him on the list this week. I just have to mention him kind of a PSA that, you know, there's a 39 percent chance he's out there. Um, it's, it's risky and you have to have the space on your bench to do it. Cause there's no, no real lock. I mean, he got the cast off. That's a good news. He's begun strengthening exercises cause he's got to get the wrist strong before he can return, which would possibly happen in December. Um, in a league where I'm nine and one and expecting to make the playoffs and get a first round bye, I am absolutely holding David Johnson with the hope I can get him for championship season. And even then I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm gonna have a real dilemma. Do I play him with everything like that on the line? when the Cardinals may or may not be in it. Um, but because of what I've been going with with the running backs earlier, chances are I will be, you know, and I'm counting on him coming back. All
1: right. Um, now the, the, the chances, again, it's beware with David Johnson. If he might not come back, like you said. But.
2: Yeah, I, I give him like a 20% chance, 20, 25. So not great, but the window's open. Yep. It, right. And it's going to depend a lot on whether the Cardinals can win a few games or not. And if Blaine Gabbert's starting, that's, those odds are going to go down. <sighs>
1: All right, other guys available in more than 50% of leagues. Latavius Murray, we talked about him last week. I talked to I, and, and I was, I mean, I, as I said to Derek on Monday, I didn't, get, I didn't get everything right, but I got that one right um, because mm-hmm. of volume. I mean, this guy, the last four games, they when did, did Cook get hurt against the Lions or the Bears?
2: Um. Jeez, uh, that was, would have been – let me see. I've got the tab up right now. The Cook would have gotten Actually, hurt was home against the Lions. Yeah, he would okay. have gotten hurt because he did not play against the Bears.
1: Since then, Murray carries 12, 15, 18, 19, 17. Mm-hmm. And as Derek and I talked about, I like Derek McKinnon better too. But this guy's volume is hard to argue with, and this is a pretty good team that can score points. So, on mm-hmm. an offensive line that's improved. Yes. So Latavius Murray, 44% ownership. I know he's playing at the Rams. I mean, don't don't be shy about Latavius Murray.
2: Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had a 12-point fantasy day in non-PPR in, you know, at Washington and you know, he had a he had a pretty brutal day at Cleveland, but you know, we mentioned earlier that their their run defense is, is better than people think of when they think of the Browns. And then of course, had the big almost 20-point fantasy day against Baltimore. So, the potential is absolutely there. If he's only 44% owned, that's I didn't think to even include him again, and I think I made the same mistake last week because uh, I mean, you, I figured he would be more owned than that based on the trend of the carries. There's no back that's got this much, many carries in the last four game in the last four games that's you know below seventy seventy five percent owned.
1: Right. I mean, I think people when you when you look at a committee like that, people tend to look at the not the flashier guy. But McKinnon had the first the first couple of weeks. McKinnon had big games.
2: Mm-hmm. And Huge game you know, against oh, the McKinnon's
1: Bears. McKinnon's yep. the guy. And you know you look deeper. I mean, the workload work, volume matters as we always say. I mean, like a, a guy who's gotten fifteen or more carries. Four weeks running is worth your time. Um, Danny Woodhead might play this week. I, I, I could, Danny, it would depend on the league, but I, Danny Woodhead's not a guy right now, even in a PPR league, that I'm looking going, ooh, I would like to get him on my roster. I'm kind of looking, I go, eh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it'd be a deeper PPR league where I'd consider it. I'd pick him up and stash, not pick him up and start just to see what type of role that he's used in. And he shows up, you know, I always skim – as many resources as I can to, you know, make sure I'm not missing anybody for this show. And Woodhead shows up on lists just about everywhere you look, you know, as, as a as a top five pickup for the week. And I, I'm a little bit perplexed by that. You know, they might get him involved a little bit. I guess we'll see. But that whole backfield's been kind of a mess this year, and there's no lock that he he gets 15, 20 snaps a game even.
1: Right. And Woodhead. Hang on one second. I want to look at his. So he got hit. He got hurt in week one. Right. Mm-hmm. So last year he, he missed basically all of last season. He got hurt in week <laughs> one this season. what well,
2: last year's season was after knee. six snaps in week one,
1: right? Six nights he got hurt with a hamstring, not the, you know, the knee issues or anything like that. And I mean, I'm trying to think that if Danny Woodhead comes back in week 11 and, and you're thinking, all right, he's the pass catching guy. What why are someone needs to explain to me why the Ravens are going to say, OK, Javoris Allen, you're out. Woodhead's in. I don't know that that's a, a That's the, a, the the lock that people seem to th- maybe think it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, Allen caught seven passes last week or before the bye. So he seems to be doing just fine in that role, uh, yeah. you know, and he only, only one pass the week before, but they didn't need a pass catching back a whole lot against Miami. And then at Minnesota, he caught eight passes. So, I mean. It's going to be tough to just usurp him. He, he, I think he's played well enough to earn his his fair share of snaps. But if we get Woodhead in the mix, then we're going to go back to some kind of New England situation where it gets real ugly and real murky.
1: Um, all right, we we mentioned Damian Williams and the Dolphins earlier. He's thirty four percent owned. If you want the let's say let's say a, a, a co committee guy, um, what do you, what do you think of uh, Austin Eckler, San Diego? He's four percent owned. He got. Mm-hmm. I I was complaining about Melvin Gordon yesterday because he got all the work on Sunday and he caught what I think five passes, but, Mm -hmm. but Gordon got a big workload too. Like, you know, it, uh, it's not like, even though it wasn't a completely Gordon centric backfield on Sunday, you looked and the temptation is to go, Oh no, equal got 15 touches. Oh, poor Melvin, poor me. I own Melvin Gordon. Then you look and you go, Oh, well, Gordon got 21. What am I, you know, bitching and moaning about basically
2: yeah, I, I can't get too excited about equaler I, I, because Melvin Gordon's going to be the guy and he's the better back and he's going to get the majority of the touches. You take a guy on the low end of the committee and are, are really going to start him with a healthy Melvin Gordon. Maybe if you're a Gordon owner, I could see the handcuff just, you know, in case you're fearing the worst and protecting yourself heading into the playoffs. But not a ton of appeal for me there.
1: OK, um, the last guy I've got my eye on, and this is not a week, certainly because they're on a bye I, I keep looking at Mar- I keep looking at Marlon Mack mm-hmm. and wondering. I mean, look, we all I, I, our temptation every year and every week of every year is to write off Frank Gore. I just wonder if the Colts get down to to you know December, do they say we have
2: to give this kid more work and and see what he can do with it? Yeah. Do you, I mean? Do you see him excelling on a team that's? Probably will have lost all playoff hope by then, especially when upcoming he has a bye week. Tennessee at Jacksonville at Buffalo. I mean, no Marcel Darius apparently means they can't stop any run game at all. Then Denver at Baltimore, Houston. I mean, it's there's no cake matchups where you think I I need to start a Colts running back in there.
1: The schedule is pretty brutal, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All so right. I, I I, think I'm staying away in, in leagues where I need to maximize my roster to the playoffs. But I do like him a very good amount for next season. And, you know, if you're in a keeper league and can snag him up off the wire for a buck or two, could be a reasonable keeper.
1: All right. So uh, let, let's let say David Johnson aside
2: because he's a stash. Mm-hmm. Who's your top three? Uh, I would go P. Ryan. Number one, Jamal Williams. Number two. And Burke had number three, I guess, oh, but it's wait, it's a wait, wait, thin wait.
1: one. Latavius has to be in there.
2: Oh, Latavius, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Latavius would be number three then, or yeah, you know, you, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by that. Uh, P. Ryan one, Williams two, Latavius three, because Latavius gets the volume, but the ceiling might not be quite as high.
1: Yeah, and they they've got a tough game this week. Mm-hmm. Um, at at L. A. at the Rams. All right, everybody. fan duels fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just a dollar. to play. How could you not play Daily Fantasy for a dollar on FanDuel? I mean, you, know, you can win a bunch of money just for a dollar. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, this week, I'm looking. I, I told Derek, I, I came up just short of cashing in the Sunday Million, um, even though I had Adam Thielen. You know why I see a bounce back? We, we had the temptation for... Recency bias that you go, oh, that guy had a bad game. I'm not starting next week. Something's wrong. And sometimes getting the rebound guys is a good way to go. Um, oh, by Ownership, the way, I, I correct, correction on that Latavius Murray. That game is at Minnesota, not at L.A. Um, so Latavius Murray, 6,600 McKinnon, 6,400, which is down, you know, out of the top 10 at running back. Jordan Howard. I thought Jordan. Remember, we talked about Jordan Howard last week that he was going to, you know, I mean, he, he might carry the ball 30 times. Mm -hmm. in that game Sunday and it didn't work out because they were losing to the Packers this might be the bounce back week for Jordan Howard
2: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, against Detroit, I think they are going to get him heavily involved. And I cannot help myself from using Josh Doxson at 5,200. We'll get to this (laughs) in a sec. But he's 5,200 on FanDuel and he was on the field for a team higher, a position group high of 69 snaps on Sunday. Uh, He will break out one of these weeks and I would like to get him in that week where he breaks out at 5,200. I've just got this inkling. I only do it in tournaments. I played a little safer in my cash games on FanDuel. Ah, man i'm tempted to use him every week and he paid me off with a touchdown two weeks ago although the overall day wasn't so great it's coming guys it's coming
1: all right i have one of those guys too we're going to talk about him later um yeah i also like by the way p ryan is 5400
2: which Mm -hmm. i really really yeah that seems like a pretty chalk play for for cash games and even tournaments opens up a lot for your lineup
1: even with your uh not your father's saints who get carved up by everybody all right, everybody, over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today, fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription. That's pretty cool. Plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes. And that's with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Check it out, fanduel.com slash RW. All right, we're going to wide receivers. Um,. Mike Evans back, so Chris Godwin, nice game, but we don't need him anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Humphrey, same way. Um, the guy also I was looking through the people with high ownership rates, and there's not a lot of wide receivers that I want to, you know, over 50% that, that are making me go, you know, I don't need that guy anymore. Paul Richardson is one of those guys, I think he's in the 60s, and he's just, you know, he's too inconsistent. I mean, I, this is not... I I have a feeling people listening to me saying this might be like, Oh really? Duh. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. how many people important, more people important, Paul Richardson's than than I would have thought.
2: Mm -hmm. I just have a principle where it's a third Seattle pass catcher. Now I know, um, that they they haven't been able to run the ball like they haven't seasons past and might have to throw a little bit more. But I've just always on principle, a third Seattle pass catcher isn't necessarily a lock because of how their offense generally operates. And we know Baldwin's the number one receiver. Jimmy Graham's probably their number two overall pass catcher. And then Richardson, you know, he only played, he played 11 less snaps than Tyler Lockett in the Thursday night game, but it was because he was banged up. Um, so if you are... You know, if you own him and he's on your bench and you can afford to keep him on your bench and and none, none of these up, high upside guys we talk about are out there, then maybe keep him. But he's definitely he doesn't need to be locked into a roster spot at this point.
1: Right. OK. Um, the first guy on your list you talked about. It. I'm just going to let you go. Josh Doxon, I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know what else I, I can say about Josh Doxon that I haven't said in weeks past. And again, now he was on the field for a team high 69 snaps. Even Jamison Crowder was only out there for 60 prior, barely a fact the prior did get a red zone target, which is interesting. Doxon, uh, you know, the line again, pretty, pretty modest four catches on seven targets. Uh, so, but, but they want to get him involved more and he's out there on the field all the time and he's finding ways to get open and he's not drawing the opposing team's top cornerback. There's he's going to get his opportunities. He's more than talented enough. Um, and, you know, Jordan Reed always remains week to week. You know, that'd be one red zone target down and Dachshund's got that build, a big wide receiver that can be effective in the red zone. And I, I think that the big week is coming, John, you know, I mentioned it in the FanDuel segment that I can't help myself from using him on FanDuel at 5,200, but there's a league where I start three receivers in a flex and he always sneaks into my flex spot because I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. And one of these weeks, I'm, I'm hoping for that big one, that that wins me a matchup. And who knows? Maybe it comes in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think I'll have given up on him by the playoffs. But I'm trusting the volume and the reasonable amount of targets. I think he'll be breaking out towards the end of the year. He's going to be a difference maker.
1: All right. There's your, there's, your, there's your sales pitch on Josh Doxon. Everybody 20% owned on Yahoo. Uh, my guy, the It's Coming guys, Corey Davis. He's Still 48% mm-hmm. owned. Last chance, folks.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, this will probably be the last time for Corey Davis because he'll be up over 50 percent. But I do agree that, you know, right up there with Doxon, you know, it's really tough to to pick between the two because Corey Davis, you know, is is he's a rookie this year, you know, has similar physical tools as Doxon, maybe a tiny bit faster. It's close. Um, but Team high 10 targets. He's actually getting the targets to go along with the snaps and, uh, you know, quiet, modest production. But we always say follow the targets and he should be owned in all formats by next week.
1: All right. Um, yeah, he, he's just getting he, he's he's Marcus Mariota's guy and he's only played three games. Speaking of Corey's, Corey Coleman is going to mm-hmm. come back this week. He's got a miserable matchup against the
2: Jaguars. Yeah, but. that's the one thing that makes me hesitate. I mean, I wouldn't start him this week, but. He needs to be owned, I think, at this point. As I agree. He, there aren't Kenny Britt's been a huge disappointment and they're looking around to guys like Ricardo Lewis and and you know, basically one practice squad type guy after another, Richard Higgins. Um you, you know, none of these you don't get even Bryce Triggs is getting snaps on the field for the Browns. You know, just a lot of names that not a lot of listeners even probably have heard of. But uh, Corey Coleman comes right back in to be the number one receiver there. And uh, when he gets a better matchup, th- there will be bigger games.
1: All right. Um, you mentioned Bruce Ellington. Really?
2: Now, I mean, just it, it's contingent on the on the Will Fuller injury and we, we got to be. Um, thorough for those insanely deep leagues. I actually, you know, better than saying Bruce Ellington as an ad, maybe uh, I think it's almost okay to drop Will Fuller at this point. I yeah. could have thrown him on the drop list because, um, you know, I talked about this. I did another interview this past week where we talked about receivers that were affected by quarterback injuries and, you know, we went to Green Bay first, of course, with Rodgers to say that that Nelson takes a huge downswing. I'm not saying drop Jordy Nelson, but Nelson. So depending on the pinpoint accuracy of Rodgers in the back shoulder, phage and finding those windows in the end zone, whereas Doxson is someone or not Doxson. You know, I keep going back to him in my head, but Devonte Adams would be right. someone that uh, is still startable on a week to week basis because they get him the ball in screens and open spaces and he can do well in PPR. Then I went over to Houston where the Deshaun Watson injury was discussed. Hopkins, it doesn't matter. He's getting 14, 15 targets a game still, and he's excelled with bad quarterbacks his entire career. Fuller, on the other hand, wasn't getting a ton of high volume. He was dependent on, you know, a lot of those big plays that Watson was making that Savage won't. So, Fuller could probably go on the drop list, A, because he's dealing with a ribs injury, and we don't know about his status Sunday against Arizona. Um, so then, you know, technically next in line would be Bruce Ellington. But he snuck onto the list because it was a very thin list this week. All right.
1: Um, I want to go back to Corey Coleman real quick. First two weeks of the season before we got hurt, six targets and seven targets. So um, mm-hmm. there's opportunity there. The other guy, there's a pattern. Yeah. Um, D.D. Westbrook for the Jags. Um, look, I'm not a huge Bortles guy either, but Alan Hearn's probably going to be out. Um, DD D. Westbrook is 20% owned, you know, I mean, there might be opportunities the best way I'm going to describe it. I feel like mm-hmm. people have been talking about him for a few weeks.
2: Yeah, Um, for a few weeks. And I mean, we can't technically bring up Marquise Lee in this portion of the show because he's 60 percent owned. I would absolutely go to Lee over Westbrook if you need production now. But Westbrook is owned in my 12 team keeper league where you only get to keep two keepers. So someone's confident enough to be rolling the dice on on that situation, but definitely isn't starting him.
1: All right. Um, The other one, Dontrell Inman. Don'trell Charles Inman is not a superstar by any means. Um, he's been around a while and has generally not been productive. He was decent last year in San Diego. He is now on the Bears. Last week he played and he caught six passes for 88 yards for Mitchell Trubisky. May- maybe there's a connection. I think yeah. this is – I would not want to start Don Charles Inman this week, but I, if I was looking to strengthen my bench at wide receiver and I had some guy get hurt or something – Maybe it's a deeper league. I might be looking at Don Charles Inman to kind of in a PPR league to kind of put on my bench and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I actually see where you're coming from, John. This is a good find that I admittedly missed looking up this week. Inman in week 10 against the Packers, I somehow this flew under the radar for me. But he was on the field for 57 snaps um, where Kendall Wright was on the field for 46 and Josh Bellamy, 40, Trey McBride, seven. So he's out there. And they don't really have, you know, the, you know, they don't really have a, a clear tight end after Zach Miller. I mean, they're going to Shaheen. But uh, I mean, the Bears are a team that, like the Jags, would prefer to run the ball 40 times in a game. So that's going to limit the overall upside of Inman. But the number one receiver on on just about any team is worth some type of fantasy consideration, given the right circumstances. Absolutely.
1: All right. Um, who are your favorite? Josh Doxson is
2: obviously your favorite wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Doxson. Up- yeah, Dox and Coleman, or I'm sorry, Doxson, Davis, and Coleman. I mean, really the only three guys that we talked about in depth, seriously. Those are the guys that, that should be on the added list this week. None of them are guaranteed locks if you start them. I mean, Corey Davis and Doxson are guys that if you're projected to lose by a lot and need a high upside play as opposed to someone that's pretty safe for like six to eight points, you start those guys. Um, but those guys are all kind of long term type people.
1: All right, we're going to go to tight ends. And I need—I just need to read. We, we do pre-show notes, and Jake makes my life easy with the, the amount of research he does. But I have to read this for you from a Packers fan. <laughs> Drop candidates. Quote, Dwayne Allen scored, but man, he's tough to hold on to with that no-good trader Martellus Bennett around now, too. Now, here's the thing. I tried to engage Derek in this conversation on Monday. I was expecting, you know... People in Wisconsin to be spewing fire about Martellus Bennett and the way he he got himself out of town and, and miraculously recovered from his shoulder that injury that needed surgery. Derek kind of <laughs> wasn't having it. He was just yeah, really? I don't know what happened. You know, he started talking about his dad believing in the conspiracy theories that the Patriots talked to him all along about coming back, which I which was just kind of mm-hmm. funny. But he was—I'm kind of yeah, not even going to rule I mean, that
2: out. I'm not even going to rule that out. You know, the Patriots cheating—that's not unheard of or anything, right?
1: So you're angry here? Yes, I agree I, with you. I, that's I'm not. not
2: pleased. you know, maybe "traitor" wasn't the right word to put in the outline. The right word to describe Martellus Bennett with is "quitter." He straight up quit on his team. Once his Hall of Fame quarterback got hurt, and he thought, ooh, this team might not make the playoffs now, and I'm already thinking about retiring, so I want to do something. He found whatever excuse he could to get out of town and go back to a different Hall of Fame quarterback that's healthy. He straight up quit when the going got tough, and that's all that the story is. Uh, You can say the shoulder injury, whatnot. Um, I've never heard any inkling of any kind of criticism of Dr. McKenzie like that, like what he went out. You know, Jordy Nelson came out to his defense of someone who's dealt with a major knee injury before and knows how, how McKenzie operates and and all these Packers players came out to defend the doctor. I mean, Martellus Bennett is, is a straight-up quitter. He quit on his team so he could go to a better situation. Um, and, and then he tried to trash the organization on the way out to make things even worse for himself. Uh, it, it's amazing how he goes from needing surgery to suddenly being able to play and suit up the next week. And, you know, kind of, he, he didn't straight-up admit it a- afterwards when they asked him about it, but he— I, I can't say enough about him. I was excited to have him to start the year for his run blocking as much as a potential, potentially talented threat as a tight end. But, man, there's, there's no good blood left there. I, he, he no, quit. I agree. I agree 100%. What
1: a, hor- what a horrible
2: situation he turned that into.
1: I mean, he mm-hmm. turned it into a good one for
2: him. This makes me want the Packers to somehow rally, play the Pats in the Super Bowl, so a couple of those guys can line up some nice hits on them. Nice, I like that. Send, send them into retirement with a bang. <laughs> All right. Um, other drop
1: candidates. So, I mean, if you're only keeping one tight end, right? You don't yep. it's, it's rare that you need a backup unless you have, like, you know, you're counting on Jordan Reed or something like that. Is mm-hmm. Hunter Henry expendable at this point? He's so yep. inconsistent that. I mean, again, it might not be about the player. It might be about the situation, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Last three weeks, Hunter Henry targets five, two and two on the season. He's just he's just not doing he's got 24 catches in nine games.
2: Man, Hunter Henry would be a tight end. I'd love the Packers to have because, you know, know, looking ahead to next year, he's someone that Rodgers would be able to find. But, yeah, two targets and into the past two games, that probably means that he can be let go at this point because, Four, four targets in two games, is that someone you really are confident enough to start? I mean, you're flipping around the waiver wire for, you know, some of those rotating guys we like to talk about every week. And, and he's um, – yeah, he, he would be expendable if you have another option. The problem is tight ends are just so shallow.
1: I know. Um, let's see who else. The one other guy I wanted to mention, Cameron Brait. I kind of like the volume. Last couple of weeks, not so great. Five, last three weeks, five, four, and three targets.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, seems to be trending downward, which is weird, but uh, that's it's really tough for me to cut Braid again, given the whole landscape of the tight end community, because it's not like O.J. Howard's getting these targets. O.J. Howard last three weeks two two and zero targets.
1: Right. I I don't know. OK, I mean, I think I'm more likely to cut Henry than break. I'll say that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree with you
1: guys coming up. Uh, Greg Olson. He's 59 percent ownership, which means worth a check on your wire if he's available. Panthers have a buy in week 11, but Olsen should be back in week 12. Not a lot going on tight end wise. Last week, we talked about CJ Fedora. It's coming back and we figured Savage would throw to him a lot. He kind of didn't. But I don't know that because he didn't in week 10 that he won't going forward. He, he's the type of guy who if I had to take a flyer on a tight end this week, it
2: might be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely uh, some love there. And then, of course, um, Let's see here. The um, the Browns played the Jaguars. So maybe Mercedes Lewis weeks in for a touchdown, if you consider that pattern. I mean, in I had to sit Kelsey last week because of a buy and I picked Eric Ebron up in two leagues. He got me 10 fantasy points. I'll take it. You know, whoever's playing the Browns, give it a go. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and that by the way, the, that goes for the Giants, too. I had this conversation with Derek yesterday, too. Um, so the Giants have now given up. Garrett Selleck was our guy last week because he was mm-hmm. playing the Giants. And it worked. And it's funny. His quote after the game was, I heard all week that I was a fantasy sleeper and I needed to get people some points, which made me like Garrett Selick even more. Uh-huh. <laughs> what so, a guy. We got to get him on the show. It's great. All right. So <laughs> the, Gi- the Giants are this ob- – I mean literally every single game they've given, up, uh, they've given up a touchdown to a tight end. Here's what we got coming. And tell me what you think of this. If you're looking ahead, the next few weeks, Kelsey, he's owned already. Reader Davis owned already. Jared Cook owned already. Witten probably owned already. Ertz definitely owned already. Week 16 fantasy championship. Jermaine Gresham, Arizona Cardinals hosting the Giants. Stash, you in?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do that. Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Count me in on that. I guess if you have that that last spot on your bench here, I think you can probably get away with waiting a week or two and then stashing him because I don't think he's going to suddenly break out anytime soon. But uh, I agree with the logic there.
1: I, I agree, too. Now, I wouldn't move mountains to get Jermaine Gresham. I wouldn't cut anybody good to get Jermaine Gresham. And I'm probably looking at Week 16 without looking at everyone else's schedule. I'm not telling you that you should bench Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey, et cetera, for Jermaine Gresham. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking yeah. for a tight end and you have week, you've been dealing with Hunter Henry or people like that, Delaney Walker even, Jermaine Gresham might be a guy to keep your eye on for Week 16. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Defense. cut your
2: second kicker for him.
1: Yeah. There you go. Please don't have a second kick or anybody. Um, defenses this week. Uh, you prefer the Chargers at home against the Bills. The Chargers mm-hmm. ownership level. Why are they? A, I, I'm finding it hard to
2: believe that the Chargers are. Did I not look? Did I not see? This is one where I didn't actually look up the Chargers ownership. 7% so maybe they're. Owned. How is that all possible? Right. Well, there you have it. How how is the defense? I know that the, the team as a whole consistently finds ways to creatively lose games. That's like their identity, but it's a defense of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Yeah. they're going to get you sacks.
1: They, they're th- and, they're tied for second in the league in sacks.
2: Mm-hmm. And and I, I I'm you know kind of warm on Tyrod Taylor. You know I I like him you know as a quarterback enough. But, you know, given the fact that he was yanked last week for a little while, he can't be great for his confidence, you know, still probably needs to get some rapport with Calvin Benjamin and and whatnot. I I just and out of all the other defenses that I mentioned that are on the road, um, the Chargers were at home. So I, I know there's not much of a home field advantage in that new stadium, but nonetheless, I think going with them. Versus the Bills are my pick if I'm going to have to stream someone. But the defenses on by this week, you know, Panthers, Colts, Jets, 49ers, the only one that you're actually seriously considering using would be the Panthers. So yep. not a whole lot of need to stream defenses here as buys weighing down.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Bills uh, might be imploding right now. Very well might be imploding. Um, mm-hmm.
2: they're, they're, yeah, you're banking on that chance.
1: Um, the other one's in consideration The Bengals are playing against, we talked about Osweiler, that he wasn't a disaster. Mm -hmm. And that game's at Denver.
2: Um, Yeah, I think he's got really good rapport with Emmanuel Sanders, who had a nice game. And Demarius Thomas caught one of his first touchdowns of the year. So the Bengals are on the list, even if they don't have Vontaze Berfick because of the Osweiler pick six machine threat. But again, they're a road defense, um, so I would prefer the Chargers. Um, the Texans are down to sixty-four
1: percent ownership. Um, they've been getting dropped lately, but um, they might—they have a home game against
2: either Drew Stanton or Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, I mean their 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 pass defense has their secondary has been lit up. They're a team that's been giving up a lot of points, but neither Drew Stanton or Blaine Gabbert are going to air it out on you. So you've got that going for you.
1: What about your Packers at home against the the terrible offense Ravens?
2: I would I would do it if the weather turns out to be bad. I'm not sure if we're gonna get snow next weekend yet, but it's gonna start one of these weekends soon. And and if you have a, a average to subpar offense, throw an in inclement weather, then the Packers would be in play for me. Yeah, D- Derek said you guys were you frost on the windshield yesterday. Yeah, had to do a little bit of scraping. If you got up early enough, he gets up earlier than me, though. He's a little nuts. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: it's. Co- I was gonna say I
2: told him it's cold here too. It was almost. It wasn't even 60 yesterday. It's terrible. Oh, wasn't even 60. Come on, that's <laughs> that's twice my temp here. Here, I'll, I'll trade with you anytime. Um, the other one, but then I'm too far from Lambeau Field, so that's know. true. The the Dolphins,
1: uh, against Tampa Bay with Fitz playing any interest?
2: I did you write that before or after the Monday night game last night? I wrote night? it after the Monday night game, okay? Because the Dolphins, for what it's worth, looked like garbage against Camp Newton, you but know, the, Fitz. The, yeah. It, it is Fitz and, and Newton is a, is a Hall of Famer if you only played on Monday night games. So yeah. I guess I, I can throw that out there. I mean, I, I, I think of Fitz, I don't think of him as someone that's like way below replacement level like I do w- with Gabbard or, or any of these Browns guys or, or Savage. I think of Fitz is just kind of a, an average quarterback that, you know, could start. you know Fitz would probably start on five or six teams in the league I think so I don't think of him as an absolute terrible quarterback that's going to lose the game by throwing up throwing up pick sixes over and over again Uh, but yeah at the same time I guess the Dolphins are in play they would just check in lower on my list what is his I need his career numbers hold on
1: I don't have Fitz's career numbers here on how many interceptions he's thrown but it's a lot it's a lot Last year, he, he has had long... picks in fourteen games. The year before, fifteen picks in sixteen games. He's a mm-hmm. he, he the thing about Fitz is I don't I don't kn- I know that I think he's terrible. He can be productive, but he is an interception machine.
2: Okay. Yeah. He, he throws picks, but uh hopefully he does the right thing and throws the ball to Mike Evans over and over again, because I need that big from Evans as I fight for my playoff spot. Right.
1: All right. Everybody, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day roto rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out almost all the features on the site. Really valuable stuff. Check it out, com slash pod. So you've got your Facebook Live Q&A today at 5.30 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern, and uh, you're a happy man that
2: College Hoops is starting. Yeah. So tonight, after, uh, after the Q&A, going to settle down, set up, make all, all my bids set Quick workout in and then I'm going to watch because, uh, of course, no football on a Tuesday night. So I get to watch Duke and Michigan State and Kansas and Kentucky. Very primetime early games tonight. So, uh, you know, getting that ready, you know, making sure all the depth charts and and, and news are all up to date and ready to go on the website. Uh, you know, I, I'm a busy man this time of year because of the start of college hoops and, and NFL. But don't worry, you guys, I will still be uh, digging up all the waiver research for you guys to help you as the playoffs approach.
1: Who's the big who's the big freshman for Duke?
2: Marvin Bagley had a double double. But okay. the thing is, Duke starts four freshmen. Their point guard, Trevon Duval, Gary Trent was banging on threes last night and they got the front court with Bagley and Wendell Carter. And of course, Grayson Allen, who, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, have some ill feelings towards still. But uh, <laughs> that Duke team, the rest of that Duke team is tough to dislike. They've got some talent. All right. So I think Krzyzewski had a quote Sunday or Monday
1: about Bagley. He said, you know, well, this freshman comes in and he, some of the guys who are here already saying, oh, no, he might take my position. He said, and then they see him play and they go, oh, no, that's not my position.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he, yeah his, it's his own position because, you know, technically maybe he's the starting center, but I don't know. But there's freshmen are, across the court. I mean, he, on the other side of that game, I'm excited to see how Michigan State's Jaron Jackson matches up. And then, of course, Kentucky, as usual, starting five freshmen. So uh, it, there, there's a lot of young talent and a lot of names that you can watch tonight that are going to break on the national scene sooner rather than later in count me in all right everybody thank you
1: uh for listening we appreciate it when you leave reviews and ratings we've been doing it a lot lately and we thank you so much for keeping coming that's it for this edition of the Roadwire fantasy football podcast sponsored by FanDuel. our next episode is going to be coming on thursday we will preview week 11 so please come on back then for jake latarski i'm john halpin see you next time